Happy Friday. Welcome into NSN Daily alongside Chris Murray, Julian Delgadio. I'm Alex Margulies, Brian Smudio with the day off today. He'll be back with you guys on Monday. A uh, lot to talk about here in the day's show. Uh, first off, the beer pong tournament. And uh, we do have uh, a member of the Final Four in our presence. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. We'll give Julian his, uh, his time to shine. Uh, an impressive come-from-behind victory, a well-earned uh, win over Keith Fuchs. He is joining... Corey Herzog, who put together another stout performance, uh, showing again that he could very well be the dark horse of this whole thing and maybe could be the favorite uh, here on out. You'd think maybe him and Nick Fizikas on the other side. They've been really impressive. Jake Dalton, though, can't count him out. We'll get a full breakdown of that uh, a little bit later on. Also on the show, Kirk Elias uh, catching up about uh, what he's up to, his uh, latest recruiting class uh, as he has – uh, been trying to keep busy. Uh, Brianne McGowan, uh, the Wooster graduate, played at Oregon State, now an assistant on the Nevada softball team, a legend. She's a part of our Goat Bracket Challenge. Uh, caught up with her. And our money play of the week, the beast was out rolling around town. Uh, the big old truck on campus, uh, Coach Norvell and some of the other coaches have been visiting. Uh, season ticket holders will uh, show you that. And uh, Movie Friday, Film Friday with Julian. We'll talk some Any Given Sunday I uh, haven't seen that one in a while. Chris, did you actually end up we'll, – we'll save it for a second segment if you've seen it or not. And if Julian has watched the movie that we've all been recommending to him, he's had plenty of time, literally nothing else to do. He's in quarantine, and he still uh, can't find the time uh, for basketball for whatever reason. But, all right, let's get into the beer pong tournament. Julian, the floor is yours. Congratulations. Uh, an amazing comeback. How does it feel one day later uh, after just what was a momentous come up from behind victory? You were down four cups to one in game two. You beat Keith. You took him to game three. Uh, he would force you to overtime and uh, you were able to top him in OT. Yeah, I'm still kind of pitching myself. I watched the replay of those cups and that game a couple of times last night before I went to bed. A uh, couple of times. First and foremost, I got to tip my hat off to Keith. You know, he's a hell of a competitor. He did a great job even making it to the Elite Eight. I mean, it's, that's a lot of people don't even make it that far. So, you know, you got to tip your cap to that. That being said, you know, I, I won. I celebrated last night. I couldn't be more excited. Got to shake it off, though, and, uh, and look forward to this next matchup. Corey Herzog, a very good competitor. Ian Russell said it himself that he could see him winning this whole thing. And, I mean, he knocked six cups in a row. No one's done that this whole tournament yet. So, if he can get hot, uh, I, I, he's a hard person to top. But uh, I, I'm just lucky to be still standing and in the Final Four and very happy about it. Chris, uh, you had now added to the uh, now growing wager of Julian winning the championship of this. I have to pay $1,000 to the St. Vincent's Food Bank if Julian wins. Uh, you have said you will streak under the Reno Arch. Now, Julian has actually said he'll let you wear a Speedo. So okay. that you don't get arrested and you don't get a felony and this doesn't turn into a, a real debacle. Um, how, how nervous are you at this point over the prospects of having to now um, at least streak under the Reno arch? Not that nervous at this point. I think if Julian does get to the championship round, then some nerves will kick in. Uh, Corey was just so impressive yesterday. I mean, he basically 
took down Garrett really quickly in two games and was like, let's do best of five. Like, I don't even really care. I know I'm going to win anyway. So when you have that kind of confidence coming into a, a battle, um, you know, I'm going to side with you. But if Julian does get past Corey uh, and get, gets to the championship round, then, then I will be a little bit nervous. And then I might start rooting against him. I have been rooting for him up until this point. But, you know, if I have to be honest, I would prefer not to have to streak under the arch. So uh, uh, I'm still on Team Julian for now, but that may change if he gets to the final. You said you were working on a home gym. Has the gym come together? You might have to hit that gym uh, a little harder here in the next uh, week leading yeah, up to no. the, the potential uh, no, streak. I'd have to get in better shape to feel good about myself uh, <laughs> getting speedo and running through the so, uh, We'll see. Maybe I'll put in some work this, uh, this weekend just in case uh, that does come to fruition and I have to do fulfill that bet. You know, you just got to make one cup at a time and then, you know, be where your feet are. I really want to keep pounding that one in there. TJ Bruce says it best. Um, Lots of good cliches. Thank you. Anything is possible, though, at this point. Like, if, if I could kind of distract Corey, you know, maybe get in his head a little bit, potentially, anything's possible. All right. Uh, we mentioned Corey, uh, an incredible win. Like you said, he actually decided, no, you know what, let's make this a best of five. Garrett took game three. Uh, Corey, though, just couldn't miss. He had the new table. Uh, had a couple buddies from Reno 1868 in attendance. His daughter was there, uh, even distracted by milk requests and uh, dancing and singing. He was undeterred uh, as he punched his ticket to the Final Four. Here is our post-game press conference with Corey Herzog. Corey Herzog, an unbelievable performance. He advances to the Final Four to play Julian Delgadio. Corey, you actually uh, let this game go further. You had, had beat Garrett 2-0. You decided you wanted to go best of five. He won game three. Uh, talk to us about just wanting to kind of stay out there and have a good time. Yeah, he got me a little nervous on game three. But, I mean, we're here to play. We're competitors and all that. So, it'd be, why not give another game five? Corey, obviously, after last week's win, you went back, put your nose to the grind. You made this beer pong table uh, pretty immaculate <laughs> stuff. Do you feel like this table is the table of destiny uh, moving forward? I think so. Maybe I should build some Lego pieces and make some stadium seating or something. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see next week. <laughs> you know, Corey, you've got one of the more unique situations. You've invited us into your home. Your family's there. Your daughter is singing. Yeah. She came over and demanded milk halfway through. Yeah. The and it didn't throw you off at all. Um, what's it like for you to, to be able to be a part of something like this? We're all having fun as a community, trying to just bring entertainment to the people. That's what you do as a soccer player. You bring sports, entertainment, but at the same time, I have to give you credit. I have to point this out. He's representing Philly. Yeah, there we go. I love that. Here we go. We're bringing Iggy right here for Philly. The Philly girl. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you know my schedule now at uh, 8 o'clock, there's milk, and then our favorite song comes on at 10, and then she watches – or 8, and then we go to bed. So that's our – that's basically our nightly routine. So hopefully next week it'll be a little earlier, maybe, if you want. And then she won't get that distraction. Or unless you guys want that, there we go. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. I have to interrupt this for a second here. Uh, commissioner, rule book change. I, I, I okay. mean, what you got? Type of question. What you got? A lucky gnome? Yeah. I, I don't know. If <laughs> What's your problem with gnomes, man? It's either Chucky, it's either Chucky or the lucky gnome. You You're scared. This is what you're concerned of, not the fact that he made six or six cups straight. I gotta call no? Trucky. I'm gonna get the actual Trucky mascot somehow. Oh wow, he's gonna get oh. Trucky to his house. Oh, I don't know if he'll fit through my door with those big, big, uh, <laughs> big costume. <laughs> cool.
how do you feel about playing Julian? He he really had a, a little bit of a run there in his game, an impressive comeback of his own. Uh, what's it going to be like to take him on head-to-head? It'll be a lot of fun because I always see Julian in a nice uh, outfit with a microphone after a game asking me tough questions or good questions. So it'll be a lot of fun. I'm just not looking forward to this post-game press conference. You know, I'll, I'll let you interview me if you beat me. <laughs> I'm down with that. My own if medicine. You, uh, no, if you beat me, I get to interview you. All right. Deal. And I'll, I'll wear a suit, but you got to wear my jersey. All right. All right. Let's let's work this out. We'll work the take out over the week. All right, Corey. You got to wear my man. shorts and spandex. <laughs> <laughs> congrats, man. Enjoy it. We will see you uh, next week in the Final Four. Thank you. See you guys. All right. So Herzog and Julian next week, we'll have two games for you next Wednesday. It'll be those two as well as Nick Fazekas versus Jake Dalton. We'll have those game times announced to you on Monday. Our final four, man, we're closing in. Then the championship next Thursday in prime time, as we will crown our first ever NSN celebrity beer pong champion. The trophy is in production right now. Um, It is uh, not going to be, incredibly impressive uh it'll it'll probably be likened to uh uh, like a trophy you get as a seventh grader playing soccer um but uh, it'll be it'll be a fun little trophy nonetheless we'll uh, unveil that uh sometime next week we also have our goat bracket challenge chris and uh it's a pretty good one here we've got chris vargas former nevada quarterback cammy kashmiri um who has uh, recently become more um, famous for other things in Reno, but a, a stellar uh, athletic career of his own. Uh, tell me about these two guys. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows Chris Vargas, the magic man, one of the best quarterbacks in Wolfpack history, led that 35-point comeback against Weber State in 1990, led uh, Nevada to the national championship game that year in 1991. They go undefeated in the regular season. Uh, he leads them up to the FBS level. They win a championship their first year in the Big West. I mean, just really a remarkable player, probably one of the most well-liked players Nevada's ever had, just a really, really good guy as well, and uh, really known for his comebacks and his ability to, you know, put Nevada on his shoulders and lead them to some really remarkable, unexpected wins during his tenure as he split time with Fred Gatlin. Uh, also played in the CFL for five years as well, so had a pretty decent little pro career. Kami Kashmiri, I would say he's probably the best high school athlete in Northern Nevada's history, and maybe even the best college athlete. This is a guy who wow. set the national discus record uh for a high school person uh with the throw of 225 feet that's like that was almost like a world record at the time uh the la times actually came out and did a story on him when he was in high school saying is there any limits to what cami kashmiri can do his father was a four-time olympian uh at iran cami uh, was uh raised in reno went to reno high uh went to ucla for his first year then was a three-time national champion in discus won the 1992 U.S. Olympic trials, seemed like he was going to go and win Olympic gold and then tested positive uh, for a banned substance and was suspended. He denies that he actually took that substance and has moved on since then away from the game. But just if you look at his age, uh, you know, basically 10 to 20 career, I mean, he was absolutely insane. He was a national Gatorade athlete of the year in track and field as a high school athlete. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he has a, a really stellar resume. And as you said, he's kind of moved on to other businesses here in Reno. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just look at his sports tenure and it, it should be a fun battle. I think Vargas obviously is going to win just because he has that name recognition and so many people who are fans of the Wolfpack in the eighties and nineties, just remember all of the great victories that he led the Wolfpack to. That's one hell of an eight, nine seed too. I have to say, you know, Vargas, obviously I met him. He still lives in Reno, I believe really nice guy. 
Kashmiri, though, he's got some really prime real estate in Midtown right there that uh, I think we've all failed to mention. But uh, yeah, pretty pretty good divide at the eight nine. I've never met Cami. Uh, I've only listened to the podcast, the City Podcast about Reno. Um, definitely worth listening if you are from here, live here. Great production value on that whole thing. Um, interesting storyline too. You know, curious to see who pulls this one out. Alex, what do you think? You know, I, I think, like Chris said, I think the Magic Man, he just, you know, his impact in Wolfpack history, um, you know, engineering comebacks and, and just being who he has and, and staying fresh in the mind of the community is recently being even the color commentary on a radio broadcast until about five years ago with Ryan Radke. And then Cammy, yeah, the athletic career obviously stands out, but, you know, I, I don't want to call it um, a stain of, of any kind, but, you know, there is some controversy in the fact that he's a strip club owner. You know, he owns several strip clubs in Reno and has been involved in a lot of different uh, legal battles with the city to, to kind of keep what he has his, and he's won uh, a lot of those battles up to this point. So, uh, you know, maybe do some people not vote for him because they don't approve of that or, or do they stick to just what he did as an athlete uh, that will remain to be seen. But you can vote for that on our social media, head to our Twitter uh, at Nevada sports nets. And uh, we'll continue on with our goat bracket challenge. You can find the details on that at Nevada sports net.com coming up next year. On NSN Daily, it's Film Friday. How about some Al Pacino? A little Pacino here on a Friday, any given Sunday, talking about the uh, one of the best football movies, I think, of all time. We'll get to that next. Welcome back to NSN Daily. Alongside Julian Delgadio, Chris Murray, I'm Alex Margulies. It's time for Film Friday. Uh, Julian, last week you covered any given Sunday, uh, a really – a strong football movie uh, featuring Al Pacino as the head coach. Jamie Foxx uh, is the quarterback. And you wrote about how there's some kind of uh, connection you felt like in your mind between the speech in that movie and what we're going through right now in coronavirus. Yeah, you know, I really feel like, and I want to start off by saying that Any Given Sunday, directed by Oliver Stone, is an all-time Mount Rushmore sports movie. If you haven't seen it, it's worth watching, you know, the, the trials and tribulations. And they actually make a lot of juxtapositions because, you know, Oliver Stone – typically making war films. He made Platoon, he made Born on the Fourth of July, and he took those talents at the peak of his career and made a football film. And he said he tried to compare the battle sequences from those war films to go onto the gridiron and kind of show the brotherhood and the bond that these athletes go through during a football season, all right? So that's kind of the backstory on this whole thing. But you flash forward near kind of the, the end of the movie, you know, Al Pacino plays an old broken down um, football coach who just kind of seems lost at the end of his career and he's trying to rally his troops at the biggest game of their lives and uh, I don't know I, I memorized that speech for a speech class in college a couple of years back and it's always lingered with me but I really feel like in this time of quarantine and pandemic where you know you you have to remain six feet apart you have to keep people at a distance that you know you're still alive and the rest of your life is still right in front of you and you can seize this opportunity and make yourself better and improve the situation around yourself. Or you could just stay in hell, just like Al Pacino says in the film. And that's it. That's, that's all you got. You're stuck in this situation. So I think it's a great film to watch and revisit and uh, can't believe it's been out for more than 20 years like that. That's wow. absurd to me. Chris, you, you think it's uh, something you might put on, put on your docket here soon? So yeah, I haven't actually ever watched that movie. I was kind of intrigued when I was finding a photo when I was publishing the story that Al Pacino just doesn't look dressed like a football coach. I mean, he has a sports jacket with a polo underneath and the croaky sunglasses. Like, I've never seen that mix. Now, I've seen full suits not too long ago. Mike Nolan did that with the 49ers. I've seen croakies. I mean, Coach Norvell does that with his visor. 
it just seemed like he didn't look like a football coach to me. So it was interesting, but I did watch the speech because uh, there was a YouTube video of it and it was a, it's a good speech. I mean, I would have gone out there and blasted a couple of heads to try and get the win. Um, it is certainly something I should have, you know, watched by now. It's, it's one of those iconic sports movies. I wouldn't say best football movie. My favorite football movie would be little giants uh, with Al Bundy. Uh, yeah. Rick Moranis uh, and the classic. Crew. Yeah. Um, but I would like to get to it at some point just because you kind of feel left out of the conversation because it is such a well-respected uh, sports movie. I would say Little Giants is a is a movie. If it's on, I will I will like stop and watch that anytime. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna skip past Little Giants if I'm scrolling through the TV guide. Like that's for sure uh, something I'm landed on. I, I have to say though, Little Giants, Remember the Titans, those are you know all family friendly films. Any Definitely. given Sunday, obviously it are. Yeah, don't yeah. don't show that in front of the family. There's scenes that uh, they should not, not good not good for the kids. Not good for the kids. Uh, what else is on your Mount Rushmore of sports movies? Well, give me, give me your top five then. If you got, if, if it's any given Sundays on your top five, what are the other four? You know, Murray put me in this corner a couple of weeks back. Uh, Space Jam has to obviously be in one of those. Michael Jordan. It's been great watching this last dancing, that movie get filmed. Um, I, I love that one. Oof, two other miracle. I think miracle would probably make the list. Kurt Russell, um, you know, the miracle on ice mm -hmm. and, uh, it's just an inspiring film. Rocky Four, I would put as well. Love that one over all the other Rockies. Obviously, the first one won Best Picture, has a lot of accolades, classic film. But I mean, he's fighting this Russian Drago and it's in the middle of the Cold War. And, you know, everything that happens with Apollo Creed in that film, you, you can't really, um, you know, walk away from something like that. A fifth film though fifth sports movie I, I have to stew on that one well maybe if you'd watch basketball you would have uh the context of of uh that fifth movie have you have you are, are you going to are you gonna watch basketball chris I'm, lent you his dvd man like he actually gave you a physical copy to watch he gave me three uh great great copies of uh some movies basketball the sandlot and uh, green street hooligans i need to watch all three of those my Wait, roommate you, have I, you never seen the sandlot i've seen the sandlot yeah okay but, you know, it's always great to re revisit that one. I would oh, put Mighty sure. Ducks in front of Sandlot, though, personally, oh, wow. as, like, my They're both great. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, those are both great. Can can I lump, like, the franchises into one movie? Like, can I go – well, I guess one. Sandlot was a one. I was thinking more, like, Major League. Like, can I go – like, Major League is its own franchise. Like, Mighty Ducks is its own franchise in my top five. Because I think both of those would have to make it for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of – it's all one The nostalgia factor is high. It's all one story. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, uh, we'll, we'll look forward to a new film Friday from you uh, today, Julian. Uh, we'll check that out later on on our website, and uh, we'll talk about it next week. Uh, that wraps up this segment. We'll come back with more on the show. We've got Kirk Elias from the University of Nevada, as well as Brianne McGowan a little bit later on. Our money play of the week, Jay Norvell driving around town, meeting with some season ticket holders. We'll have that coming up. Welcome back into NSN Daily. You know, it's been a great time, as I keep saying, to really reach out to University of Nevada coaches, staff, athletes, former athletes. And joining us now, uh, Kirk Elias, who wears so many hats, including a really cool hat. He's not wearing it today. But you are known for a really, really great, cool straw hat, Coach. Uh, cross country, track and field. You, you have your hands on so many different athletes. Uh, Coach, how has quarantine been for you? Well, like almost everybody else, it's frustrating. Um, 
We'd be uh, right at the height of our championship season right now, track and field. And it's been an interesting experience for me after coaching for 40 plus years, not having any contact with my athletes for the last two months. Um, now that's not exactly true. We do Zoom meetings and you know I've been on the phone with people and stuff like that, but not seeing anybody for months at a time is unusual. I guess one of the good things about your sport is you can still get out there and run individually. Uh, have been, you know, maybe like a, a list of things you want your athletes to do to stay in best of shape possible, or you kind of just tell them, you know, focus on your academics and when we get back in the fall, we'll, we'll look at, uh, you know, a few more things uh, athletically. Well, we got shut down March 13th, 12th or 13th, I think. And by the 1st of April, they had a five month training plan to prepare for cross country that was about 15 pages long, um, big spreadsheet with workouts for every day all summer long. Yes, I can be a control freak at times. Um, but I mean, they all wanted something to hang on to. Um, the six weeks that we started out with were just run easy and we're just transitioning as they end finals this week into our first series of workouts in the summer, really, besides just going out for a run. So yeah, potentially cross-country athletes might be the one, they might be the one group of athletes most able to return to a competitive scenario on short notice because most of them train by themselves in the summer. Have you had a chance to get out and, and, and cruise around? Do you have any favorite trails in the area? You know, this time of year is it kind of turns into nicer weather to get out and and get a little run in, or do you have any couple kind of favorite spots? Well, actually, yeah, we got a bunch. Um, I get my dog out almost every day and try to take her places off leash. So we go up to the Emigrants Trail just north of, um, just north of Truckee. Um, uh, there's a couple trails, Dry Pond, and another one right off uh, Timberline on the south end of the city. And there's the hole in the wall segment, which we call Woodchuck, um, that is um, just right here in the city. Fabulous. You're several hundred feet above the Truckee River. Great place to be. Nevada men's and women's cross country coach, also uh, track and field coach uh, Kirk Elias joining us here on NSN Daily. You know, Kirk, I'm jealous of you and Chris Murray because the haircut is not an issue. Alex and I are really still struggling with 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 keeping this down uh when it comes to your class you just announced uh you know half a dozen new athletes that are coming in including uh tierney wolfgram it's it's tough to not point out one athlete i don't like pointing out one athlete in the class but when you look at her in this class uh there's there's some talent coming in and a lot of walk-ons locally yes we've this is a really good class coming in um but it also you know, we had a really disappointing fall last fall on the women's side. Uh, they were eighth in the conference meet, um, but we literally redshirted our top five athletes, two of whom have held the school record in the 10,000 on the track. I mean, these are, this is a really good group of athletes. We'd hoped to run them all and have our best team ever last fall, but a couple of them got, came into the fall nicked up. They all had only one fall cross-country eligibility remaining and so rather than have 
two or three of them last fall and two or three of them this coming fall. We really had wanted to have them all together. And so I just held off, held them all out. If you add this class, incoming class, into that group this fall, and we're assuming we're going to have a fall of cross country right now, but if you add that group together, uh, it could be a pretty good team. Uh, Brian mentioned the three local walk-ons. Just talk a little bit about them. A couple from Damani Ranch, one from Bishop Minogue. Uh, what did you like about those athletes to bring them onto campus and give them a chance to potentially earn a scholarship down the road? Well, uh, the two from Damani Ranch um, have been well known in the distance circles here for a while. Uh, Carly Legenbauer and Marina Middleton. Um, they're just good, solid athletes and hoping that over a couple of years' time, they, they can really develop and help us out. Uh, Maddie Criven, I wasn't as aware of until uh, this past fall. She had kind of a surprising uh, state meet in cross country because she's known as an 800 meter runner. And so stepping up to that distance has not been the forte of most 800 meter runners. So she did a really good job. And, um, you know, she is going to become something. Whether or not she's an 800 meter runner, I'm not so sure now. Uh, she may not want to hear that. Um, but um, she's, she's going to be good. So yeah, we got, we've got some athletes that we're really happy to be bringing in from the local area. Like everybody, uh, a lot of time on our hands right now during this whole thing. Uh, how are you choosing to kind of spend it? Are you, you get in the kitchen at all? Anything you're watching or reading? You know, what, what's kind of uh, stuck out has been interesting for you? Well, I went back to what I did in college yesterday. I painted the back fence. Um, nice. My wife wants the back patio to look a lot different. So we're in a, a couple days into trying to transform that. Um, we've been... Uh, yeah, we kind of dove into Netflix several weeks ago and, I don't know, great murder mystery out of Britain called Broadchurch. Um, been watching some of that stuff. Um, I've gone through my Michael Connolly novels again, so um, I'm running, uh, running a little thin on them. Um, but, you know, we're all, we're still working, but there's so much extra time when you're just sitting in your house all day long. Just got to find ways to fill it. Coach Kirk Elias joining us here on uh, NSN Daily, uh, men's and women's cross country as well as track and field. Uh, Coach, being able to add men's cross country this, this last time around, how much do you think that is going to improve your women's program? Because you hear so much about training at altitude, but also that female athletes want to run against against men you want to run against uh the guys and and they want to beat the guys and lots of times they do uh how much do you think that's going to improve just the overall program at nevada well i saw it even over the course of this last year um we had a rough fall as i mentioned on the women's side and i think there were a lot of very disappointed athletes because the ones who did run had hoped to kind of live up to the legacy of the previous couple of years and it was just a little rough. So one of the things we saw, the guys had just had such enthusiasm last year, even though, I mean, they were getting beat up as a team there. I mean, they also finished eighth in the conference. Um, but for a first year program, we actually beat a veteran team. Right. I mean, it was a, 
ironically kind of a high point that day when we beat a team at the conference meet. They were just so enthusiastic. And I think some of the women needed to recapture that. And um, I think that's happened. I saw it through the indoor season. I thought we were going to have a really good outdoor season um, this spring. And we'll see what happens next year. How different is in coaching uh, men versus women? I mean, just, uh, you know, we're, we're different creatures, obviously. Um, it, it, do you take a different tact uh, just dealing with a different gender? One of the ways to describe it in coaching distance runners is that um, I end up in conversations, like when we're talking about the next race, I end up in conversations with female athletes talking about how they feel about their training and how they feel about the next race. When I sit down with male athletes, I think a lot of times I end up in conversations with uh, the X's and O's almost. Uh, how are we gonna adjust this training? I need to work on this part of my energy system and maybe nuts and bolts of a race plan where that doesn't seem to be quite as in the forefront for a female athlete. Um, I've coached both of them through my 40 plus year career. So I kind of slide back and forth pretty easily. And obviously there's times when I can be maybe, shall we say a little more brusque with my male athletes. Um, if I don't like what's happening at a practice. Whereas if I did that with a female athlete, I'd be spending several days trying to restore communication with that person. Kirk Elias, men's and women's cross-country coach, as well as track and field at the University of Nevada. Man, I appreciate your time so much. I'm going to have to be more brusque with our men's, <laughs> uh, our, our men, uh, male uh, patriots here at NSN. I appreciate your time. Uh, get through it, and we can't wait to see you back out there. Thank you. Thank you much. We'll be right back with much more here on NSN Daily right after this. Welcome back into NSN Daily. Uh, joining us now, uh, uh, also in quarantine, like all of us are, and uh, being very diligent and patient, the former Brianne McGowan. And Brianne, I told you, it's so hard for me to say Brianne Durfee, even though you've been married for 10 years and you're a mommy. <laughs> I, just, I just remember you wearing the red Wooster in the circle, just dominating for the Colts and Dick Allen way back in the day. Um, how are you getting through this whole thing? Uh, you're coaching... Uh, with Josh Taylor over the University of Nevada. You coached our own Shannon Kelly. Uh, mm -hmm. Shannon, granted, she, she wasn't a pitcher, but uh, <laughs> how are you dealing with this, this, whole, uh, this whole crisis? Um, I mean, we've just been doing the best we can. So my two little ones, you know, we have them in school. I got a first grade and a third grader. So we do their schoolwork in the morning and then find stuff to do the rest of the day. We did buy them a, a swimming pool oh, in the backyard. So that, I mean, that kind of kills some time for them. They love that. <laughs> just chuck them in the pool just chuck them in <laughs> the neighbors probably love it they're out there splashing around but what has it meant to you to be a coach for the wolf pack i mean obviously growing up in this area being a historic uh high school and college player and then to be able to return to your roots and uh you know be a member of the wolf pack oh i love it i i mean even looking back at like all the alumni and stuff throughout the program like i've i've known most of them are not you know personally but followed their careers and stuff so to be a part of the program is really special how do you think the game of softball has just changed from when you play to when you coached club ball to now coaching at the collegiate level? 
the coverage of softball has changed drastically, which is awesome. You can watch softball games on TV all the time, which when, you know, I was playing was not, I mean, you could see the World Series, but that was about it. So the coverage has gotten so much more. Well, the coverage on this media outlet has always been outstanding. Of always, always. And will continue to be. Um, <laughs> moving forward and looking at this team for next year, you know, when we found out that it was shut down, I would imagine it was absolutely heartbreaking to have to tell your seniors and tell your players it's over. Um, but you told us before we started recording here that all of your seniors have chosen that they want to come back and play again next year. How much of a reward is that for you as a coach, being a former player, you played at Oregon State, to be able to see these players get one last chance? It's great because well, not only do they get their last chance, this class is the class that me and Josh started with as freshmen. So to see them develop from freshmen till now is, I mean, to just to see it end the way it did would have been really devastating. So to get, have, you know, they get their last go around is, is really great for all, you know, for everybody. Uh, a sophomore on the team, Kendall Fritz, I mean, she was having a tremendous season in the circle. Uh, what do you like so much about her as a pitcher? I mean, there's no secret that if you have really good pitching, you can make a run in the playoffs. You can get to regionals. You can get the College World Series. And it seems like she has that kind of potential to get Nevada back to a regional. Definitely. Her mentality sets her above, you know, above because she will just go out there and compete. You put her in a game and she's just like, she flips her switch on. And she just goes for it, which is something that really has brought the program to a different level. What's been the most challenging thing for you right now, just being able to still communicate with them and you know just the only thing you can really do is just communicate over zoom but to know that hey they're getting out there still trying to get workouts in and throw bullpens yeah well and it's I mean pitching is kind of unique because you you kind of need a catcher you could throw into a net but you can only do that for so long right. so I mean all the coaches put together different specific packets you know so I was trying to think of drills like you can do it you know use the sidewalk to do you know because I don't know they don't have the stuff that we normally have in the bullpen and you know, we like to set up a lot of different things so I set up um you know I try to think of things that they can use from their house to do their workouts your head coach is one of our favorite guys one of my my really favorite coaches at the university and Josh Taylor I'm growing a Josh Taylor beard now because I've got more gray coming out and it might be the stress that's going on <laughs> um, how, how was your coach dealing with all this? Because knowing Josh, I mean, he needs to be at the field. He needs to be out doing stuff. You were joking beforehand that he's in Zoom meetings about 14 hours a day. How's yeah. your head coach dealing with all this? And as a coaching staff, how do you guys communicate and kind of just keep this whole thing moving forward? Um, well, he does a really good job of keeping us informed. So when things change, you know, on whatever it is, even if it's a small change, we'll get on a little Zoom meeting and go over all the changes, what we're, you know, what it means to us, stuff like that. But he's been super busy with all sorts of meeting with, I, he tells me who he meets with. I'm like, what? <laughs> really today for, you know, he just keeps going. Yeah. So you're part of our GOAT uh, bracket challenge. You did win your first round matchup against uh, Sheree Zhang, who was a two-time NCAA winner. Just looking at your career, I mean, it really is ridiculous what you were able to do. I mean, at the high school level, winning four straight large class state championships, you threw 24 no-hitters, you had 13 perfect games, and you go on to Oregon State. 
You guys have a 28-game winning streak. You win Pac-12 Pitcher of the Year, Pac-10 at the time. You get to the College World Series. You play for Team USA. You're a multiple-time All-American. When you look back to your career and everything that you accomplished, what's the thing that stands out to you? Because it really is amazing, everything that you were able to do. I didn't even mention you were a uh, Gatorade Player of the Year in basketball and in softball. I believe the only Northern Nevada to do that in two different sports. We have to say hi to Mo too. Mo's back there. <laughs> yeah, Mo's right behind us. <laughs> Where'd he go? <laughs> hi, Mo. He's cute. He's he's nine months. He's a golden doodle. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I mean, so all that stuff. I and I it seems to me like every time I look back on stuff like that, it's the people that you do it with. You know, like all your teammates, all the stuff, all the memories created along the way. Because I mean, if you don't have your your teammates, you're not successful. You can't throw a no hitter because you you know you're not going to strike everybody out. So, I mean, that's for me. And I'm still really close with a lot of my, like, college teammates. So, I mean, that's the stuff that stands out to me more than awards and stuff. Brianne Durfee joining us here on NSN Daily. Sorry, go ahead, Shannon. No, I was just going to ask, uh, when you did play at Oregon State, you played for Team USA, what were some of your most memorable moments from those teams? Um, well, going to the World Series was, was pretty – I mean, that was a big deal. That was really um, – a big event. Well, and then some of like the USA stuff, getting to travel internationally was, you know, some stuff that I've, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Uh, Brian, before we let you go, when it comes to kind of getting through what we're doing, you're doing it uh, not only as a coach, not only as a mom, with the family. Um, what have you had to do at home? Have you become a better chef? Are you, uh, are you like our own Alex Margulies, who's a big takeout Tuesday sort of guy? What, what happens behind the scenes at home? And, and how, how are you guys as a family just kind of making the best of this? Oh, we're, I mean, I'm doing a lot more, I would say, like yard work and gardening, planting flowers. I had to make sure that I had drip lines set into them, though, because I tend to kill them a lot. Um, cooking, I should probably take that up. I'm not a very good cook, but... <laughs> I know we do like, we try to do, we've tried to do a couple little trips where we go. Um, our next one's going to be to a ghost town because my son wants to see a ghost town. So we might drive out somewhere. <laughs> what ghost town? I mean, I, I, I'm um, into that. Where, wherever you want to go. We, I've gosh, got... I, have to, I have to remember where it was now. Um, gosh, I don't, I'm blanking on the spot. Uh. <laughs> Chris would know this. Chris, Chris is a historian. What's the ghost town? that's well known in Nevada. It's out in the middle of nowhere. It's not Berlin. Berlin is that mining town. Oh, that, that was, I think Berlin we were talking Berlin. about going to with the um, fossils. Yep. Yep. The Ichthyosaur Museum, which is yes. out there. And that, that's close, phenomenal. But... Berlin, you've got the Diana mine that's out there as well. And that, 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 that's phenomenal. Um, when it comes to entertaining the kids, are you a good teacher? Do you, do you feel like you're um, your teaching credential? <laughs> I have polar opposite children. My son does everything on his own, and he just crushes all of his schoolwork. And uh, my daughter, we're working on how to, like, get her schoolwork done. <laughs> but she's doing good. She's doing good. Which one takes after you? Um, I'm kind of in the middle of both. <laughs> <laughs> Brianne, when, when this all ends up uh, coming back, we can't wait to see you guys back out on the field. Truly, truly appreciate the time. And, uh, Stay safe. Thank you very much. And uh, can't wait to see you guys back out at the Hicks and Softball Complex. Yeah. All right. Thank you. We'll have much more coming up here on NSN Daily right after this. Welcome back here to NSN Daily. Time now for our Dollar Loan Center Money Play of the Week. And that took place right here in northern Nevada. 
Head coach Jay Norvell, a bunch of other Nevada coaches this week have been out around town driving the beast, the big old GMC truck uh, from Champion Chevrolet, driving around town, uh, going and visiting with season ticket holders, putting signs on their yards, uh, you know, waving from a distance. Chris, uh, pretty cool to see the coaching staff out and engaged. Uh, it was nice to see Coach, too, got the visor out. Uh, people got to see the, the, the new facial hair growth he's got. He had a, his blue collar shirt, which is basically a mechanic shirt with his name, which everybody on the coaching staff gets. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was really nice just to see them get out and make some connections. I mean, that's what you have to do to get people to come out to your games. And I'm sure some people are a little bit leery. They don't know, you know, what their future holds financially. They don't know if there's going to be a football season for uh, them to come out and have face-to-face -face contact. They put a couple lawn sign, uh, signs in the ground saying, you know, I got my season tickets. I think Jay also handed out some fireballs to some season ticket holders. So uh, really cool, really nice to see him have that touch and be willing to go out there and do that and like you said they did it all from a social distance so that was a, a good idea as well but I think anytime you can get into the community that's huge and I think that's kind of been missing the last year since coach Musselman left I mean I, I know some people aren't happy that coach Musselman left but he really did get out and connect with our community better than any coach in the history of the Wolfpack and I think Jay Norvell is trying to kind of fill that vacuum by being that next guy who tries to make a similar touch to the community. We had a chance to catch up with head coach Jay Norvell while he was out on the street. Here's he, he had to say about just getting out and, and talking to some season ticket holders. It means the world to us, uh, you know, that we can get out here and say thank you to everybody that supports Wolfpack so much. And, and uh, uh, we love this community. This community is the lifeblood of our program. And uh, we can't wait to get back out this fall. Special thanks to Kirk Elias and Brian McGowan for joining us on our show today. Guys, uh, heading off into the weekend, weather not quite as warm as it's been. Chris, any plans? Uh, tea time at Sierra Sage uh, on right. Saturday. I'm going to do the little uh, skateboard kind of golf course. I've never golf board, yeah. Yeah, golf board. That should be fun. Uh, looking forward to it. Good deal. Get out in the links. Julian, any plans? Get them Tahoe or? I'm hoping to get back up there. I was there twice last weekend. It was beautiful. It's not going to be as warm this weekend, um, but, you know, it's, it's awesome to just be by nature and by some moving water. So hoping that that works out. A lot of fun here again this week on NSN Daily. Our beer pong tournament concludes next week. Our final four and our championship next Thursday or Wednesday and Thursday. And our Go Challenge, of course, continues on NevadaSportsNet.com. For Chris and Julian, I'm Alex. We'll see you guys next time.